So I was very, very so on, on Friday night, I gave a little class while, where we prayed. One of the little kids came to me after, uh, this little kid, Jerry Harari, and he asked me a question. He says, I have a question on the Perasha. He said, in this week's Perasha, there's a person's name, and the way the Torah describes him, it takes the letters of his name and reverses them as the description of the person. He says the Torah does it for this person in this perasha and for another person in another perasha in the Torah. What's the name of the person? So I said, and I said, you know, I have to think about it. You know, you start going through the perasha, you go through Yaakov, you go through Yosef, you go through Reuven, you go, I'm going through each of the names as you're going through the perasha. You go through Yehuda, you go through Tamar. And then by then I said, you know, I, I got to think about it when I walk back. So it was funny because I, I figured it out on the way walking back home. That walking back home. And, uh, but le- yesterday I saw Ariel Gaines. You, you remember Ariel? Ariel used to pray here. His father's the mezuzah doctor. So I saw Ariel on the way back. I stopped to get, get my kids pizza. So I, I, uh, I saw him there with his kids. So I said, Ariel, 20 bucks if you know the answer. Right? Ariel says, I don't know the answer, but could I have one uh, phone call? So he called his father. His father got it. Boom. He didn't have to think about it. He got it right away. And he got the second one right away. So who's the first one? As I was walking, I realized you're going through the names. So I got through to Yehuda. I got through to Tamar. Now I had to go through the kids' names. Once I got through Er, Er, Ayin Resh, Er did Ra, Bene Hashem. So Er is did Ra. Who's the other one? Also another two-letter name. Two-letter name from the Torah earlier in Bereshit. Noach, Matzah, Chen. Those are the two. So it was, it was very interesting. Then Rabbi Fahri came up with another one. He goes, in this week's Perasha, every... Now remember, we, we almost always read either... either uh, Vayeshev or Miketz during Hanukkah. Sometimes both, but always we read one or the other. So if you look in Pashat Vayeshev, every Pasuk in Vayeshev starts with the letter Vav, with the exception of eight Pesukim. And it's interesting, the exception of eight Pesukim relating to eight of Hanukkah. What other holiday, what other book in the Tanakh Every pasuk begins with the letter Vav, with the exception of eight. Megillat Rut. And also, Ariel's father knew the answer like that. It's, it's crazy. So it's, he's so he's Yeah, he's so fair. Mizu's a doctor. So he knew the answer right away. So he says it's interesting that both of them, and what's the common thing between both? We have the birth of Mashiach from both. We have Yehuda with Tamar. And the crazy story of Yudav with Tamar in this parasha. And then we have Ruth, where the other side of David HaMelech comes from. And uh, you have the two sides of David HaMelech come. And both of them have this aspect of the eight. And what's the eight? So the eight, we always say eight is that which is beyond nature. We say seven is nature. Eight is beyond nature. So Brit Milah is a person, you know, the argument that Rabbi Akiva has. Well, if Hashem created perfection, why do we need because we go beyond, beyond nature. Nature is seven. We go beyond nature to eight. Eight signifies this, uh, this idea of perfection. And then we were talking about 
the, the way we light the candles on, uh, on Hanukkah. So in on Hanukkah, we see that the Shulchan Aruch basically says there are three ways to light the candles. He says you light one candle for the whole house. That's the first way. Then he says, what's Mehudar? Everyone in the house lights one candle for themselves. Which is interesting because if Ardim, we only have one for the whole house. You know, Ishu Beto. But he says, what's the Mehudar on the Mehudar? Is to light every night, increasing one candle. So this is basically, this is the words of Hillel. Bet Hillel says, we light one on the first night, two on the second night, three, why? Because always we have a concept of Ma'alim Bakodesh. But what does Bet Shammai say? Bet Shammai says the first night we light eight, then seven, then six, then five. What's the thinking? We understand all of us Ma'alim Bakodesh. We always increase in Kodesh. What's the thinking to go down and to go down? Why is the idea to go down? You have any? Uh... Well, no, they, they start with a major spiritual push. So it's interesting because if you think about it, one of the reasons is similar to what Baruch was saying. He's saying the potentialness, the potential on the first night is eight. By the second night, the ness is only seven because we already got by one night. So the potentialness is seven. Seven nights left of oil. And then the next one, so he's dealing with the potential nests on each one to show this is what we're celebrating. The miracle was that we had enough oil left to last us seven days. We had enough oil left to last us six days. That's the nest, he's saying. The potential is the nest. Another opinion is that... You'd be working with the, uh, with the opinion that the reason why it's eight nights of lighting is because the fact they found one in the first place. That, so, that, so, so we so see, right, yeah. we see w- the, the interesting thing was we were looking at that, you know, why do we have, if, if we have, we, why, we should really celebrate seven nights because the first night there was no miracle. But then one of the opinions is because, but there's actually a book yeah, a, with 500 opinions wow. of why yeah. we have eight nights of Hanukkah. One of the opinions that we have eight nights of Hanukkah is that year, and, and this is also seems to relate to the Bet, the, Bet, the Bet Shammai, is because that year they did not celebrate Sukkot. And when we celebrate Sukkot, because the, 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 uh, the Greeks came and they, uh, they messed up the, uh, the Ben HaMikdash, so they couldn't celebrate Sukkot. And Sukkot we celebrate, between Sukkot and Shemini Atzeret, we celebrate eight days. So to be metaken, those eight days, they made eight days. Also, we could think of what was the reasoning behind Bet Shammai. If you're saying it relates to the eight days of Sukkot, we know that during Sukkot we bring how many sacrifices for the nations? We bring from the first seven days of Sukkot, 70 sacrifices. If you're going to tell me to bring 70 sacrifices for the 70 nations, and I have seven days, if you're thinking about it, how many would you bring each day? Ten, ten sacrifices each day is 70. Except we know that when we read in the Torah, it's not like that. The first day we bring, 13. The second day, 12. The third day, 11. The fourth day, and we go down. The question is, if we're going down, why are we going down? Why are we going down? So Bet Shammai is saying, if we're learning from Sukkot, we're going down each day. But the question is, why would we be going down each day? 
Why would the Torah tell us to, to bring it down each day when we're bringing the sacrifices? The 70, the 70 sacrifices, who are we bringing the 70 sacrifices for? The nations. The nations of the world. So what are you trying to do? You're trying to tell the nations of the world you should decrease, 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 till you get to the point that you realize that everything is based on B'nai Israel. Everything's based on B'nai Israel. That, that they should decrease, decrease, decrease in power. That their power should decrease until they realize it's B'nai Israel. So Bet Shammai is saying that we're going from there to there, just like the world should realize that all the light is in the single light of B'nai Israel. We should go to the single light of B'nai Israel. And what's our goal? To be Or La Goyim. One of the interesting things is that where do you put the, the menorah, the Chanukiah? Where should you put the Chanukiah? So we say the Chanukiah, we should generally put it by the door. Which side of the door? So if the mezuzah is on the right side of the door, where do we put the Chanukiah? On the left side of the door. But the question is, why would we put it on the left? Everything we always do is we put it on the right so, so Rabbi Mizrahi said something beautiful. He said, when we come into the house, we have the, the, the mezuzah on the right side. And we should leave the, the trash of outside, outside. And come into the house, stop, kiss the mezuzah, compartmentalize everything. Don't bring the outside into the house and keep the house kiddushah. He says, but when we leave the house, what's on the right side? the menorah with the lights. And it should remind us when we go out into the street, what's our job? Our job is always to be or la goyim. That's the, the job of B'nai Israel, to be or la goyim. So he told a story, remind me of a story that I heard from, I heard directly from the, Rav David Cohen. So Rav David Cohen's posek in Brooklyn. Rav David Cohen is the most unbelievable guy. The, the, the story that I'll never forget with Rav David Cohen is, that I used to go, I went for a few years to Baltimore. They had a convention of, uh, of Kiruv rabbis. Must be 500 rabbis. And the posek of all the Kiruv rabbis was Rav David Cohen. You know, when you had a tough question of, what do I do with this, this, he was the one who was there. So in this, this weekend, the Shabbat, they basically had huge tables of, I think, you know, 16 people on a table. And they wanted you every meal to switch tables so that you would talk to different people to get different ideas, to exchange ideas. But in the front of the room, there was one table with two chairs. Whose table was that with the two chairs? Rav David Cohen and his wife. This was his time that he's going to sit with his wife. I'll answer all your questions, the rest, but during the meal, let me have time with my wife. We come after we prayed Shabbat morning, we came for lunch, and we see on Rav David Cohen's table, there's three chairs. Three chairs. Why there's three chairs? So who's sitting in the third chair? My 13-year-old son, Jonah, <laughs> with his long hair and his whatever, and his surfing things, and he's sitting and he had lunch with the rabbi and his wife for an hour and whatever it was. So after, all the rabbis come up to, not they don't ask the rabbi, they ask Jonah, what, what were you doing? What, what was the story that you said with the rabbi? And he said, the rabbi wanted to understand the mindset of a kid in the world today. So he saw me, I look like a regular guy. So he's asking me questions of what we think, what we do, what do we watch, where do we go? Because to be a posik of that level, you have to understand the mindset of the people 
you're, you're, uh, you're deciding things for. So it just shows the unbelievable is his level of. of uh, so he tells a story that when he was young, when he was younger, his father owned a store on the Lower East Side. And he worked in the store as a kid. He was, you know, nine years old, ten years old, whatever, eleven years old. He worked as a, as a kid in the. He worked in the store as a kid. He was handling the register, and it was during the depression. And people from uptown, the wealthier people from uptown, would go shopping on the Lower East Side because you know you got the bargains on the Lower East Side. So it says a lady came in, and she paid a dollar for something, and he gave her the change. As he put the dollar into the register, and a dollar in those days was a lot of money. My father used to tell me that, you know, for a nickel you bought a hot dog, and another nickel was a knish, and another nickel was the rupiah. You know, that's... Uh, so so the, he says he puts the dollar into the register, and as he puts the dollar into the register, he realizes it's stuck to a bill behind it. There's a 10 stuck to the one. $10 in those days, a lot of money. He, he realizes it's not his money. He takes the 10 he closes the register. He runs out the store to get the lady. He looks and he sees the lady start walking down into the subway, down the block. He runs to the subway. By the time he gets there, she already went through the turnstile and paid the token, which means he has to pay a token just to go through to get to her. He pays the token. He runs out of breath to the lady. And he says, ma'am, ma'am, you took too, you took too little. You, you had a $10 stuck to your one. And he gives her the $10 bill back, and she says, what, what, you came all the way into the subway to give me the money, and t- could have supported you for whatever, no, no, it's your money, gave her the $10, and he goes back, the next week, the lady's back in the store, and she pays him, and after she pays him, he gives her the change, and she grabs his hand to kiss his hand, he says, well, what are you doing, he says, let me tell you, yesterday, my brother spoke in the church. My brother is the reverend of the church. And my brother told everyone after I told him the story, and I told him your name is Cohen, my brother said, this is the blessing of the Jewish people. This man is a descendant of Aaron the Cohen. If you want to get a blessing from someone in this world, this is the person you go and get the blessing from. And the story is that they all came from the church to come to his store, to shop, to ask him for a blessing, that they should get a blessing from Rav David Cohen. So he says, what does it mean to be Or Lagoyim? Or Lagoyim is to do this. You have to be out there that people are going to say that this is the Jewish people. You see Moshe Rabbeinu says that the people of the world are going to see and they're going to see what you do and how you do it. And they're going to say, look at this wonderful nation of, of brilliance and of, uh, of respect. And that's the person they want to be. So we have a choice in the world, you know. He, he said, he, he told a joke, uh, he told a joke, uh, Ariel, he said that, that uh, he said that, you know, I think it was a little more of a joke. He says at the end of days, you know, all the nations are going to line up and Mashiach is going to come and they're all going to think, you know, I'm the one, right? The Christians are going to say, we're the one, you know, the, the Mashiach is the savior. The, the Muslims are going to say, we're the ones. The Hare Krishnas are going to say, we're the ones. The Seventh-day Adventists are going to say. He says, and all of a sudden, he says, what's going to happen? The Mashiach is going to say, no, the Beni Bechori, my firstborn is Bnei Israel. He says, how sad would it be? He says, those guys stole it again, you know? He says, if you don't do the right thing, you don't be the Orla Goyim, you, you mess up the whole, the whole system of history. 
the message of Hanukkah is saying, and if you're looking at it from 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 uh, from Bet Shammai, is that we should be the one. We should go down to be the one. That it should be the one light that illuminates the whole world. The one light to illuminate the whole world should be Bnei Israel. So, Vizrat Hashem, we should uh, learn from that.